That's it. That was your cue. What was my cue? That right there. You're supposed to say, Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. Masterpiece Audio Theatre Presents. That's right. Then you say, Myths from Around the World. Myths from Around the World. Okay, and a stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast. A stranded in the middle of nowhere podcast? But where are we? How are we going to get home? I'm going to get scared. Everything will be all right, trust me. Oh, and this is our submission of the Dog Days of Podcasting 2022. Well, howdy there. Welcome back to Around the Campfire. Sure hope you're ready for part two, because it's coming at you right now. Aladdin and his wonderful lamp, part two. Tomorrow, the dervish sought Aladdin in the streets where he had seen him the day before and found him there among his disreputable friends. Taking him aside, he kissed him and embraced him. Then, placing ten gold pieces in his hand, he said, Hasten now to thy mother and give her these gold pieces and say that her brother-in-law would come to sup at her house this night. So Aladdin left him and ran home to his mother with the gold pieces and the message. Then the widow busied herself and prepared for the coming of this new-found relative. She bought rich food and borrowed from the neighbors such dishes, utensils, and napery as she required. When the supper was ready and the widow was about to send Aladdin to hasten the guest, the dervish entered, followed by a slave bearing fruit and wine, which he set down and then went his way. The dervish, weeping bitterly, saluted the widow and immediately fell to asking questions about the departed finally desiring to know which was his empty seat. On being shown it, he prostrated himself and cried, Alas, that I should return to find this place vacant. Oh, oh, there is no power nor strength but in God. And he ceased not to weep until he had convinced the widow that his grief was genuine. Then when he was comforted and they'd all sat at supper together, the dervish told them how he had journeyed from a far land with one thought only, to see his brother once again, and how, with a great joy, he had chanced to find Aladdin, in whose face he had recognized his brother's likeness, a joy so suddenly turned to sadness and grief on his learning that his only brother was dead. At his words, the widow fell to weeping, whereupon the dervish, to change the subject of talk, turned to Aladdin and asked him if he knew any art or trade. At this, Aladdin hung his head, and, as he was too ashamed to answer, his mother dried her tears and answered for him. Alack, she said, he is nothing but an idler. He spends his time as thou didst find him, playing with the ragamuffins in the streets, and never at home except at mealtimes. And I, I am an old woman, and ugly through toil and hardship and grief of his behavior. Oh, my brother-in-law, it is he who should provide for me, not I for him. I am grieved to hear this of thee, said the dervish, turning to Aladdin. For thou art no longer a child, but a man of ability and kindness, and thou shouldest work to provide for thine aged mother, 
so that she may live in comfort. Now, tell thine uncle what trade would thou follow, and he will start thee in it, so in time thou mayest be able to support thy mother and thyself. Come, my son! But Aladdin was still silent, and it was clear that he had no mind to work at any trade. Saying this, the dervish made a better offer. Wouldst thou like to be a merchant? he asked. If so, I will give thee a shop with all kinds of merchandise, and thou shalt buy and sell and get gain and raise to a position of importance. Now Aladdin regarded a merchant as a well-dressed, well-fed being who did no work to speak of, but from profits of his wares lived in a state of perfect delight. So the suggestion pleased him, and he replied with a smile that, above all things, he would like to be a merchant. It is well, O oh son of my brother, replied the dervish. Then tomorrow I will take thee to the market and purchase a fine dress for thee, so thou wilt be well received amongst thy fellow merchants, and on the following day I will stock a shop and set thee up in it, for this is the least I can do to show the great affection I bear for the memory of my late lamented brother. At this Aladdin clapped his hands with glee, and his mother was rejoiced. If at first she had been disposed to doubt the dervish, she now accepted him unreservedly as her brother-in-law, saying within herself, Who but the boy's uncle would behave with such great kindness towards him? And she chided her boy for his own good, and counseled him straightly to obey his uncle in all things. The dervish also gave Aladdin much sound advice on the conduct of trade, so that the boy's head was bursting with buying and selling, and he could not sleep that night for the dreams of rich stuffs and the bales of merchandise. At that, when the dervish arose and took his departure, promising to return for Aladdin on the morrow and take him to buy his merchant's dress, the wizard felt that he had proved himself undoubtedly the best of brother-in-laws and the best of uncles. <laughs> Studios presentation of the Myths from Around the World, a special Dog Days of Podcasting contribution. Sound clips are from GarageBand and can be found in their samples library. The stories that we have shared can be found at gutenberg.org. We can be found on Facebook on the Masterpiece Audio Theatre page, on nimlas.org, or you can email us at j at jglangjans.com. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 unported license. Thanks for joining us.